0: I am Sir Matt, the
1: Bud Knight. And I am of the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Welcome to our Season 8 recap. We've decided not to roast, but to toast this season. So uh, with that, uh, we have a couple special guests, a couple special uh, toasted guests. Please welcome Lady Alice of Force Toast Podcast and Sir Laura, the Toasted. Welcome. Thank ladies.
2: you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Sir, Sir Matt, I, I found these lovely ladies uh, not too long ago, and they're just great. You know, they, they raise their, their, their glasses. Actually, they use the force to raise their glasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we met at Star Wars Celebration, had a couple collaborations with them before that, and they're into Game of Thrones. And so I thought uh, we'd get a different perspective on this season because people, you know, really can't stand our perspective on it. <laughs> Clearly, uh, based upon our <laughs>
0: iTunes ratings, I'd say uh, yeah, people don't people no. like it when we criticize it, and then they don't like it when we don't criticize it. So oh, you can't, I, can't win. You can't win here. I love
3: the show. No, I do I start, too. I started listening um, after we met as last month. Yes, um, nice. and- Right when the most recent season started, and I I love it. I've read the books. This is Alice, by the way. But yeah. um, I've read oh, all the books. Yeah. So, granted, it was in 2012, and I read them all in a two-month period, so I am a little rusty on some of that. But uh, I have wow. done it. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: That actually is amazing. That's a, that's a task. That is. That is wild. That's a lot to get through.
3: It is, but when you get broken up with and don't know what to do with yourself, Ah. you dive into something. And I Mm -hmm. dove into Game of Thrones before work, after work, before bed, (laughs) at the gym, during lunch, all weekend. That is how the two-month, I I like to think it's a record and maybe I should have a medal for it. Right. Uh, (laughs) But that's how that happened. (laughs) Yep.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Laura, That's awesome. Laura, have you have you read the books, or are you just a show show fan?
2: No, I'm just a show fan, and I'm like still a fairly new show fan. So I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Um, but no, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read them, and I wanted to make sure that I had actually told you that. Yeah. And I meant to mention it while we were talking before because I was like, I'm pretty sure I had told Ezra that I am like. <laughs> Not a book person when it comes to Game of Thrones, but we may have been very drunk when I told you that at celebration. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, he uh, d- hopefully they don't mind. It's all good. No,
1: no, S- Sir Matt, tell them. I mean, we have uh, we've got people from who do our show show only, and people who have read the book mm-hmm. series. We're, we're kind of a mixed batch yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I would
0: I'd say the majority of our listener base. Well, certainly before the season started. I would say that the majority of our listener base were people who had just been show watchers and then decided, you know, I want to dive into the books during the two year gap in between season seven and eight. Of course, now with the show coming back and a slew of thousands of thousands of new listeners, I would say it's probably shifted to people who are, well, now that the show's over. Hey, I want to go read the books, which is where a lot of people are, are, are messaging us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so so you you ladies should be fine. I mean, it's it's uh I I think it's kind of neat. I mean, that's what the show has done, right? It's it's gotten people interested uh in this book series and we we want to know what the author is doing differently and how the story is different. Uh the the show uh, shot right past the books, so that kind of uh at first it kind of perturbed me a little bit, but now I'm sort of like using mm-hmm. what I learned in the show to kind of uh help me speculate in the books a little bit. So, yeah. It's been been interesting. But
2: keeps it fun, I bet.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. So uh Sir Matt, I mean, we did our initial um season eight, episode six, the series finale recap and, and I was a little bit uh gosh, what was I kinda I said that I was underwhelmed and mm-hmm. you challenged me to go back and and really just re rewatch it and, and, and look at it. I, I would say it moved up a, a notch or two on my uh on the old scale, there on the one to ten scale, and I'm up to about an eight now, maybe. So yeah, you know, I also I also
0: made a post, um, in our Facebook group talking about, you know, you and I had talked about the books and the show, and we're just on the assumption right now. Let's say that the books do end the exact, it, the plot points are the same, sure, but the storytelling will be different. And I made a post, and I used a couple analogies. Um right now the new Disney Aladdin movie, the live action one is getting ready to come out and about all of these screenshots of Will Smith as the genie, they just look kind of bad to me, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that. <clears throat> excuse me. That doesn't mean that the story of Aladdin is bad or that the, I don't know if this movie is going to be good or not, but we've seen the animated and the animated is such a classic that now we're going to see a new telling and it's the same story but it's told through a different set of eyes. I also referenced the old school Lord of the Rings animated movie compared <laughs> to the live action, you know, one every academy award possible uh trilogy. So then you have the books, you have the books as well. So I think a lot of people's issues with the season is just that it's been rushed, but I went back and watched the episode because we had done our episode immediately following it. So it was so much more shock value and emotion in the episode that we did following it where I didn't really get a chance to think about it about hey, what is, where is this story where story-wise. So going back and watching, I watched it at the gym and I was just watching it as if it were like epic moments of these characters and I really appreciated it a lot more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. So I just wanted to kind of update folks after our Monday discuss, d- discussion that Sir Ezra has gone back and watched, and I'm, I'm sort of with Sir Man. I'm kind of, it's, it's growing on me. Uh, before we go any further, though, I wanted to mention I don't even think I mentioned the name of the podcast that the girls are from. So that's Force Toast Podcast, by the way. Uh, they are here with us, and we wanted to get their their toasted, you know, uh, perspective on. I guess you guys have seen. I mean, the the, the series finale, episode six, uh, on, on on Sunday. Uh, what's your initial, Alice? Let's start with you. What's your initial just thought on the overall, I guess, season? You know, this this final this final yeah. season.
3: Yeah, the final season. I mean, I think the culmination, or for me, the biggest emotional draw was the long night. Um, and then what I had kind of yeah. expected from the last two episodes was maybe episode five would be half emotional buildup and then half kind of Battle of King's Landing. And then I expected the finale just to be the quick finish up of that battle and then the rest of it, the emotional mm-hmm. kind of cleanup. Um, so I was totally surprised that the Battle of King's Landing was just like, I'm catching everything on fire. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then, you know, at the end it, it, it kind of felt slow to me in a way. And I feel like some scenes that like Daenerys getting stabbed, you know, within about 60 seconds of her talking to John, I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. When's it going to happen? You know, it just kind of, it, it took, so long and necessarily that I think it took away from other things, but I do think they did a good job of giving us a wrap up of all the characters as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: Even if I don't agree with them, but we did get a wrap up and they were acceptable. I think.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, Sir Laura, any thoughts there on the, on the season as a whole or this past episode?
2: Yeah, I mean as for the season as a whole, I think the the cinematography and the music in season 8 was just so, it was so next level for me. I season 6 has always been like a high point for me when it comes to like when it comes to music. And I thought this season just kicked it up a notch and that's like a huge factor for me. So I really enjoyed the season for the most part overall. Looking at even some of the, like the the Lower action episodes, I still enjoyed for the most part. the The finale I actually enjoyed a lot. I have my nits. I have uh, a couple of characters that I wish would have maybe gone a different way in okay. terms of how their story ended. But for the most part, I think they did a good job of tying everyone's story up. I like how for the most part, how it ended. Um, I think this the last two episodes in particular, I think they did a really, they were really, really good in terms of telling a story start to finish. Um, Overall, I don't think the season was a very good story in general. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it's kind of hard to explain. Like, if you just take the last two episodes, like that was a great story start to finish, and you know it had a beginning, a middle, and end. It had arcs for different characters, but. If you look at the entire thing, particularly with how Danny's story went, I have problems there a little bit. Um, Some some other characters, too, but that's probably the main one. So, you know, I'm going to say some stuff in this episode that's going to make it sound like I hated the finale. (laughs) I really, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I just have, I have my nits, you know?
1: Well, yeah, I think, you know, Sir Matt and I have talked that we've been invested in this for so long. And uh, one of our listeners actually sent us a raven saying, the reason people uh, maybe are a little bit um, upset with how things have gone is because we've built up in our minds that this is how it's going to end, or or we have an ending, we kind of, a way in which we want it to go, and it it doesn't go that way. And so we're like, oh, why why didn't it go the way that I wanted it to go, Uh, or... You know, the more intelligent people out there, folks who are, who are, who are listening, uh, saw clues that hinted heavily that things were going to go this way or saw a foundation for something, and it didn't turn out the way they thought it should. So, yeah, there's a, there, there's all of that, Sir Matt. I mean, I think that's something a lot of our listeners have kind of struggled with. I mean, overall, it's, it's, it's been great. It's It's been exciting. It's been emotional. Uh, we were stressed out during the long night, stressed out, you know, during the battle there at uh, the, the massacre, as, as I call it, of, of King's Landing but um yeah. Well, yeah and I think it's also this season
0: you can tell it really needed to be about at least one if not two episodes more um, mm-hmm. the first three the first three episodes feel like it's its own season that's all the stuff at Winterfell and then immediately it shifts and once you get past the Battle of Winterfell it moves so fast half of episode four is Let's deal with the aftermath of the Battle of Winterfell. That easily could have been its own episode. Mm-hmm. Then the other half of the episode is the getting back to uh, the south. Right. Getting back to Dragonstone. And then it just seems it, it makes certain events feel really far apart from each other. And you're then you're processing this whole episode. And that's what causes it to feel rushed because... At the beginning of episode four, you're like trying to deal with the emotions of Danny just lost Jorah Mormont. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do? And by the end, you're you you've lost a dragon and and and, Missande- and you know, Masande. Right. And Cersei is a big threat. And what's Danny going to do? And so those are they feel so far apart um, when you think about it. Like they were all the way in Winterfell and now they're all the way down here. And so that mm-hmm. didn't help. Episode five, I think, worked as its own episode because it's all pretty centralized episode six uh you know you have danny getting stabbed and then it's like all resolution and so that could have easily been another two episodes right
3: yeah yeah it did definitely did feel rushed that all of a sudden we see everyone from pretty much the north or the last remaining houses just magically or it just it seemed to me that like oh they're magically in the dragon pits okay cool you know Uh like what what
1: (laughs) how did they get yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah
1: yeah i i know that there's um because in the past you know we've seen the the difficulty with moving uh, well they've handled time a little bit better and and how pieces move and 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 things the timing seemed to be there but uh with this past season, I don't know. It, it, it felt like they they could have uh, stretched it out, but they just didn't want to. I don't know, like, they, they w- whether it was a budgeting thing or something. But, uh, yeah, parts of it felt rushed. Parts of it felt really drug out. There, there's reasons why Tyrion takes, uh, what, what is it, 37 seconds or more to arrange the chairs around the table. You know what I mean? That whole scene where mm-hmm. he's like, walking around... Uh, And and I get why they did that, but it's like there was so much walking. I remember in the last episode, I was just like, wow, (laughs) like John's going to walk from here all the way up to those stairs. It's going to take us a couple, couple minutes, (laughs) you know, and and it felt like everything just slowed down. It was so it was just a weirder uh, pace, I guess. And that's that's initially what threw me off in that last episode was just um, the way everything was kind of taking forever to kind of get to stabbing the stabbing her, killing her, let's go, let's move on, I, I, I need more, and I was a little underwhelmed by, by Bran, and I still kind of am, am thrown by his role in all of this, and, and things, have you guys seen the tweets out there, people talking about when Tyrion says, what better story, than the story of you know brand the broken Have you guys <laughs> see any of those
2: my favorite no. my favorite memes on the internet right now are yeah my i think that my bet the best one that i saw was the one where aria's like brand's got what now like right
3: yeah
2: <laughs> we're talking about how brand is the yeah. best story like girl please
3: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is with Bran, every time he pops up on the screen, I just burst out laughing. Just because I yeah. he's so ridiculous, but the other problem is is this um other podcast I listen to that usually recaps Bravo shows. Uh-huh. They've been recapping like Game of Thrones from their version and they're like Bran just has to make everything difficult. Everything he does has to be a challenge. Like, I bet how how did he get out to, you know, that tree so fast? Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. I bet his like chair has triangles instead of circles for wheels just to make things difficult. <laughs> so now <laughs> I know now every time I see Bran, I'm like triangles. I just think triangles moving and then yeah. him like staring with his bad haircut. Like that's all I picture and I, it's Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I just <laughs> thought there would be be more to him. I thought, you know, he he has these these powers. We we would see something kind of just I don't know more come of that you know Melisandre like her powers grow it seems like she's a, a, a bigger player and I, I kind of thought Bran was going to be that for us and it just doesn't really I don't know I, I'm sure it's gonna be delivered
2: well yeah and at,
1: better in the books but. at
2: the end of it they were just like you know all right Bran's gonna go see if he can find Drogon and it's like well can we see that please don't just tell me that you're going to do that. And just trust me to use my imagination. Like I would like to see where Drogon goes to like, I mean, we did all these flashbacks with Brandon previous seasons. Where did that go?
0: Yeah. I saw, I saw a meme of somebody clipped up the, the scene where, Arya is telling John, what's west of Westeros no one knows but uh, they just like do the zoom in face on Bran who's just like staring <laughs> at him <It's> like, oh. <laughs> all he does is stare
3: but I also I didn't realize he could see the future as well I thought it was like present and him like finding things going on because he made that comment to Tyrion of well why do you think I came down here mm-hmm. you know when I was talking about King so I was I was shocked by that um and then the last thing with Bran is I was expecting something more epic to happen at the end to kind of, you know, tame or get rid of Danny however. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, Bran's totally going to send his ravens. They're going to go like poke out the eyes of the dragon and it's going to be like this crazy ass shit going on." Yeah. But no. No, nope, just brand no. staring. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, Sir Matt, in the books, I mean, there are some, th- there's some hinting that he can, uh, with with some of his green sight, green dreams, and, and even mm-hmm. the abilities he has with um the three-eyed crow in the books, like the ability to kind of not see the future, but, I mean, he has indications of that and in, in his original, but in his dreams, he sees various things. So, yeah, right there at the end, it's kind of like he, he knew this was, gonna happen you know and so that's why he's there because he foresaw it why else would he be down Mm -hmm. there that was in that was kind of like oh okay well brand Brand, that he's sitting there because everything's laid out the way he wants it to be and he just has to let the uh, let everything play out i I was like wow all right i wish i would have got some more clues on that or, or saw him it's cooler when you see him like manipulate things you know the the hodor situation was an inadvertent manipulation i guess he don't think that he meant for that to happen or maybe they maybe he did right that's the whole conundrum or the whole uh bit there with the time travel piece but yeah i don't know that was what was underwhelming right. for me because i kept hoping for like a reset but
0: right so in uh it's bran three in the first book a game of thrones where he's having the his first raven dream mm-hmm. uh and so he's talking so this is when he's um He's injured, and he's he's in bed and this this it ends with him waking up, yeah, uh, he looked south, he saw the great blue green rush of the trident, he saw his father pleading with the king. His face etched with grief, he saw Sansa crying herself to sleep at night, and he saw Arya watching in silence and holding her secrets hard in her heart. There were shadows all around them. One shadow was as dark as ash with the terrible face of a hound, another armored like the sun, golden and beautiful. Over them both loomed a giant in armor made of stone, but when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. So that's the line that a lot of people say give is where brand can have visions of the future Mm -hmm. we know that in the books certain characters have green dreams and they're not true interpretations of what happens it's not it's not as if they see here's what's going to happen 10 minutes from now yeah they you can go back to the dunk and egg series where darren targaryen sees dunk or uh, sir duncan the tall kill a dragon and he thinks, and he just doesn't understand what it is. And then we know he ends up killing uh, Baylor Breakspear, right? Right. And through he, does, he himself doesn't, but his
1: his actions, him, his his presence, his actions yeah. cause
0: right the whole the whole the whole trial combat business. So that's that tie-in from the books is that these characters have v- un, the visions that you can't interpret entirely. Bran does it somewhat in the show, where he sees just like Danny. The throne room in what looks like snow but now we know it was ash mm-hmm. also bran has the vision of the dragon flying over king's landing so it's possible that he was able to figure out through his interpretations oh this is what this is this is this is the moment once he gets there kind of like how we you know as humans sometimes have dreams and then you you're like hold on so this is this deja vu what's going on here this seems really familiar but it's on a much higher level
1: yeah yeah i get that that's the that's the piece him figuring out or or interpreting or or coming to some um uh conclusion on on his own dreams or his own visions or whatever is the piece i i kind of wanted to to see and maybe we'll see that in the books or we'll understand more about it but
0: You know, something I was thinking about in the books, uh, real quick. Yeah. So in the books, there is the raven that is uh, Gior Mormont's raven. That's always talking to John, right? Right. And he's always saying corn, corn. But sometimes he says king, which a lot of people have interpreted means, oh, they're telling John that he's the king because he is um, Rhaegar Targaryen's son. Yeah. But what I'm thinking now is... What if that's a raven, kind of like Hodor? You know, you have that Hodor situation, and Bran's the three-eyed raven or crow in the books, mm-hmm. and and it's a crow, it's not a raven in the in the um in the right, books. Right. But uh, and
1: it's saying king because Bran's the one who ends ends up becoming king. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, the, the other thing I thought when you were telling that is is the idea that uh, when we see John riding off north of the wall, I'm thinking. King beyond the wall, <laughs> you know. I'm thinking like, exactly. Is there is there something there too? So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I really just can't wait for uh, the books to kind of figure this out. I mean, the the show is great, and I've 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 really enjoyed it. Uh, there's just stuff there that it's it's the delivery. Back to what you were saying with like Aladdin and the storyteller. You know, I I thought it's it's not about the story. It's about how you tell a story or who the storyteller is that can really. Make or break a story, I guess.
0: Well, I think I think I think an easy one to look at a story that's been told so many different times is King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been so I mean, you can you can look at Disney's Sword in the Stone. You can look at uh, BBC's Merlin. You can look at, uh, you know, the, the tons of different movies, live action movie movies had we've had of King Arthur. Um, it's roughly the same story every time, but it's presented differently every every time mm-hmm. and so i mean just the difference between the sword and the stone and say bbc's merlin or you know the movie uh with that guy who looks like gerard butler i always forget his name um uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know what I, yeah, you, yeah you know what i'm talking about so again it's just it it's not that the story is i don't think that the story is bad of brand becoming king or or john going north it's just it was so rushed that we lose it so when the books come out we'll have more time right
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to some other characters. I mean, we're talking about resolution here and and uh, how this how this ended up. What? uh, Let's start with uh, Lady Alice again. Your thoughts on uh, Cersei, you know, Lannister and and Jamie. I mean, were you satisfied with that ending? Like, Uh,
3: no, (laughs) no, because my my original thought once Tyrion went down there, I I was just like, okay, if they had stood like 10 feet over, they would have been fine. (laughs) <laughs> or if they had gone hidden under one of the dragon skulls, they would have totally been fine. But after we saw what happened to Theon, for example, mm-hmm. I was hoping for Cersei to have something nasty happen. Like, mm-hmm. like I wanted to see... Um, you know in The Princess Bride, and maybe this is totally like morbid and horrible of me, but you know in The Princess Bride how... Um, Wesley's like, okay, I'm going to cut off this, that, the other, I'm going to leave your ears so you can hear all, like, the children yeah. crying and screaming about, like, how horrible you are. Yeah. I was I was kind of hoping for something like that for her. Instead, she kind of got this, like, I, I actually felt bad for her, even though she's so awful yeah. at the end, which I thought that was really impressive, that they could invoke that emotion in me right. to kind of, could kind of be like oh my god no not Cersei or in a way I still think she's just the worst person ever but um, yeah, um it was it was fine like I did appreciate the kind of romantic gesture of her and Jamie being together at the end but also to me it was just kind of off-putting that Tyrion could find them so easily once again it was like there's this one tiny pile of rocks and I'm just sitting like oh my god if you just like walked for you know 60 seconds you would have been fine Mm -hmm. that that to me is kind of weird but you know
1: yeah not up to me and see that's (laughs) something in the books where i think like the way they would go about that differently would be Tyrion goes down with a group of men and they remove a crap ton of of rubble you know what i mean or something and then find them after much effort you know a lot extended amount of effort and then that might make it a little bit better but in the show you just i don't know if they can't do those things or if it's just budgeting or what have you or, or it's i don't know they want us to look past i guess that it, it's tough. he
3: needed to spend those 30 seconds rearranging chairs
1: he did he did. <laughs> You're darn yes. right he did <clears throat> uh, yeah yeah so okay cool um let's see let's move on here a little bit let's talk about another character uh sir laura since since uh you know, with, with your title there, Sir Laura the Toasted, uh, a character who <laughs> I like, I think a lot of people like um, Sir Brienne, right, of, of, of Tarth, so any thoughts, I mean, that was, do you remember the knighting ceremony, uh, obviously you remember the knighting ceremony where, where Jamie knights, or what, what episode was that, Sir Matt, that was, um, that was the end of episode two, episode two, right, right, that was, that was an epic moment, uh, what, what are your thoughts on her character and her, and her arc, you know, how it finished, um, all that good stuff
2: that moment in episode two is actually one of my favorite moments of the entire series of the show. I love Brianna of Tarth. She's probably my favorite character. Part of that is probably because she's in star Wars and is also Phasma. Yeah. But part of it is because like, uh, Gwendolyn Christie is like, she's such a tall, tall woman. And I'm a very tall person. And I just, I, I don't know. I just love her just kind of for that. I'm yeah. just like, Oh look, this like badass tall lady on screen. This is fucking awesome. Right. And, to see the way that her story ended, which I was so convinced it was just going to end with her crying in a bathrobe in Kings or uh, mm-hmm. in, West, in the uh, Sorry. Winterfell. Yeah. Um, and I was so convinced that was going to be how it was going to go down. It was going to be just so awful. So I'm happy that she had a different ending than that. That said, I will never be able to watch that scene of her writing in the white book. And yeah. not think of all of the memes that it spawned. Because my first thought was the mean girl scene where she's writing Fugly slut in the in the bird book. <laughs> I mean that that was the first thing that came to my mind too, as soon as I was watching it. Yeah. So yeah. I I'm glad that her story didn't end in uh in Winterfell, but I don't know. I, I that's kinda cool that she was at the uh th- that she got to be what is it, Lord Commander? Is that her title now? I, I think so. At the, uh, I, I would have at to the imagine. end of the episode?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah like at the King's card. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I kind of figured that's where she ended up, and that's fine. But, yeah, I, I was a little bit underwhelmed overall well, with I mean, story what's, what's and with that is, uh, whole scene and to... with how everything went down.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sir Matt, so something interesting about that, right? Uh, Sir Brian didn't have to break any of her uh any of her vows to hook up with jamie necessarily did she, she? didn't
0: no she didn't because she wasn't <laughs> lord commander at that at that time at
1: that time so yeah because she she likes to keep uh keep her vows keep her oaths so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. i liked i liked her her arc yeah
0: i'm disappointed she didn't die at the battle of winterfell what? That's really where i thought it, that's really <laughs> where i thought it was gonna happen what
2: oh my but how I, I, how how dare you
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, I just again, I still think more characters should should have died at the Battle of Winterfell. But, um, I am glad that through her Jamie's arc, I felt I had a little more redemption to it. Obviously, because she she's the one who's telling his story in in the White Book, even though it's kind of it's kind of difficult for her. So then Cersei is actually the one who I feel like of all the characters, kind of gets the worst ending. Of of any of any of the characters. I mean, even the side characters. Theon gets a pretty cool ending. Mm-hmm. Sansa, uh, even, even Daenerys is. I think a lot of people are disappointed with just because they like her, but it was still kind of. She uh, gets the Iron Throne. She it cost her everything, mm-hmm. um, but she does. And so Cersei's just is just kind of. All right, I've made all these wise decisions. I've played the game better than anyone else. And now I just kind of stand here and watch King's Landing get torched and go die yeah. in, a, in a crypt.
3: Well, she just kind of crumbles into fear, like mm-hmm. like girl, like a little girl. You know, I could picture her when she was younger, maybe kind of having this just shaky fear to her. Mm-hmm. Which also, in a way, like even though it, it, I think she should have had some way way worse nastier ending, but she had this, you know. Again, it was just, like, pure fear, and we actually saw that with Arya, too. So Arya, we've seen all, you know, brave and, like, nothing can faze her, essentially. But at that same moment in King's Landing, we saw fear in her eyes, and we saw the same... We saw from when she was a little girl and the whole uprising happened with her dad. Like we right. saw that kind of same fear like she was gonna you know be a goner not gonna get out or something like that mm-hmm. so it, it, maybe it's kind of reaching there but seeing Cersei, like kind of how uh, what's the word I'm looking for kind of just go down and cower back into like her younger self in a sense mm-hmm. is what I would say and then you're also seeing the same thing happen with Arya at the same time that to me was kind of interesting yeah, what,
2: their stories sort of echoing off each other. That's a good yeah. point. I didn't think of it like that. I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. So you mean like like Arya after after she, you know, kills the Night King, then at, what what, yeah. what other moment does she have kind of thing?
3: Well, she, yeah, she's at King's Landing. She's like, I'm gonna do all this cool shit, and that's what Cersei's like too, right? right. And then like everything starts going to hell. You've ne- you haven't seen fear from either of them, mm-hmm. like in a long, long time. And then they revert back to kind of their original selves, which is just,
1: get you. they
3: finally let the fear happen and come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, kind of off-putting. I, I, I see. Yeah.
2: It's sort of one reason why I think it would have made a lot more sense for, for Arya to kill Cersei. Like, I don't know why they, that storyline I feel like we've been building up to that for eight seasons of Arya being like, "I'm going to kill the queen. I'm going to kill Cersei. I'm going to." And then, not only does she not kill Cersei, she doesn't kill Danny either. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that she would be the one to take down at least one of them, if not both. And then nothing. Yeah. And that to have that sort of moment between Cersei and Arya would have been kind of cool. And I mean, for just for that, you know, that reason alone, that their stories have been connected this entire series.
1: Right. Yeah. What does she do? I mean, the last two, you know. She rides
0: out on a horse that randomly shows up. Right. Yeah. And then that story
2: goes nowhere. I just, I don't understand it. The pale mare showing up and her getting on the horse to then what ride to the gate, hop off and then meet John at the top of the stairs. Uh, Where was that supposed
3: to be? Mm -hmm. Again, to me, just emotionally, when you're thinking about her face, her facial expressions and what they're trying to make you think that she's thinking is it mimics her last time in King's Landing but it's just a different scale.
1: Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. that. Like, I I love that Arya was the one to kill the Night King. I thought that was really, really epic and, and, and kind of great. Uh. And I also... So, Sir Matt, the, the Valonqar prophecy, you were talking a little bit about the idea that it was maybe that through Tyrion or Jaime that was still kind of fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, Jaime... Whether it's Jamie or Tyrion, it's still you could still argue that it's up for interpretation. Yeah. Um it, by Tyrion saying, Hey, take this tunnel out is what causes is what, them yeah. to Right. Or or Tyrion's involvement with Daenerys. Or mm-hmm. or it's or you could go the Jamie route where Jamie says, Hey, let's let's go down here, let's let's go. I, I, I know the way out and so
1: Yeah, it, it's
0: either way, yeah.
1: Because if Arya would have killed her, it's sort of like how do you fulfill that? How is that prop uh, that, that prophecy fulfilled unless it's like I don't know, you know, like a little sister or something, but it's that. Yeah, see, I would argue
0: because the show doesn't really ever mention the Val- the Valencar prophecy. And so I think that is something that this was a plot point given to them by George and they said, "Okay, this is how they're g- we're going to have them die." And they didn't take the time to really flesh it out more
1: yeah okay
3: yeah i mean i also think it would be kind of bullshitty to give Arya two huge kills right
1: yeah like yeah
2: yeah i i'm just i, I disagree Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
3: <laughs> girl fight. i think just
2: Arya was just <laughs> such a badass and there was just so much build-up and then yeah that was great that she took out the night king but i don't know i could have used it just seemed like that was leading that direction for so much of it, saying that I'm going to kill the queen, and then nothing came of it. But that's not the only story where I'm just like, oh, that's that is another point that went nowhere. Got it? All right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think looking back, a couple of the things we were talking about, like uh, Craster's Craster's son or the the baby, not Craster. Um, well, yeah, be, that be Gilly's. Yeah, yeah. Craster, yeah. salmon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it it Sam's essentially adopted right kid. Right, uh, we were kind of looking at that as as to where where did that go? Is is there more to that story? Is there uh, mm-hmm. is there something behind all of that? Um, I don't know. It's you know in the books, John's doing some maneuvering to to save Mance's baby and get King's blood away from Melisandre. So uh, maybe that's all it is. But it it does some of these things do seem to kind of die, or we're not really sure how they how they wrap up. And I think it's probably because our author. Hasn't wrapped them up, and we don't really know what to what yeah. to do with them yet. So
3: that's yeah, kind of because at. there's so many more characters in the books, right? There's mm-hmm. probably a dozen that we've been introduced to significantly in the books that just never showed up. Yeah, in the show, or that their plot lines were just totally um, uh, hijacked. You know, like um, the mar the marriage of Ramsey. Wasn't it to? Yeah. The girl's name was Jane, Jane but they said she was Arya. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Something like
1: that. Yeah. All that. All that stuff is 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 really different. I mean, we still we've talked about Stannis Baratheon being alive and and, and how his his plot um his storyline seems to be merged with Jon's after Winterfell in the Battle of the Bastards. That looks like that battle is going to take place actually between Stannis and and Ramsay in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mance Rayder still being alive in the books is a
0: huge huge thing right a character a character in the books i've started thinking about uh sir ezra with with possibly the idea is like assuming it does end with john going north Mm -hmm. of of the wall to end is val a character who it looks like it's it's kind of leading towards this idea that john and val may have a relationship and it's possible she doesn't I mean, it's possible. Sh- maybe she's still there waiting for him after he deals with, with all of all of the stuff in the south.
1: It's, well, it's y- yeah. I mean, actually, actually, maybe in the... this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but you have young Griff in the books. You have this other mm-hmm. Aegon character, and so if Aegon is supposed to get with a Daenerys, and it is supposed to be a nephew with his aunt situation, John may never even. That may not be a thing. John and Danny. It may be their struggle against one another, or, 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 something. There may be some, like, like they may, there may be a confrontation or whatever. But maybe he is with Val. You know, maybe that is something that takes place, or that develops later on, as, as you say.
0: It could, it could be that John and Danny just actually have a war against each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that they, <laughs> that they never come together and date. Uh, I mean, it's you know, and or whatever. I mean, have a relationship. It, it, that could never even happen.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's just it's just so hard to tell, especially with with young Griff. If anyone is interested in going in and looking at the books and you've been watching the show for a while, it's one of the mo- go look up this character, uh, because I it adds a whole other element and layer to this. You know, he really does fit he plays a lot of the like like what Jon Snow is, is his relationship with Danny is a lot of what I think that character is going to uh Uh, that's that's the storyline that he'll carry in in the books and so unless something Mm -hmm. happens there and maybe she does away with her nephew or something but i don't know that she would do that and then she pursues john i don't know it's 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 hard well
3: so the thing with the targaryens i mean we're we're presuming griff definitely is one right um from what i recall again it was 2012 when i read all the books in two months so yeah. i'm a little rusty right. um but one thing that i noticed in episode five kind of in the like intro period or the the previously on you know it usually shows a lot of what happened in the episode right before and then it'll show um a lot of or it'll show little snippets of things from previous seasons or previous episodes that are going to tie in. And the whole focus for episode five was about Targaryens. So it was all the flip of a coin or the gods flip mm-hmm. a coin when a Targaryen is born, how are they going to be? And then one of the ones that was, or for me, most prominent was a there's nothing worse i think it was from amon um Mm -hmm. at the at the wall that there's nothing worse than a targaryen alone in the world right um so i'm kind of wondering how that all will come into play i have a theory about john's ending with that um but but it's that seemed to be a very important thing that there must never just be one Targaryen for some reason. Um, so I'm wondering Uh. if maybe Griff will, Griff will fill that has John. Will John actually be a Targaryen? I don't know. Probably. It makes sense to me, his story. I don't see why, you know, the writers would change it, but, um, that, that was just an interesting thing that they kept pointing out over and over. I wrote the notes from the previously on for episode five, and except for Jorah and except for Tyrion saying something along the lines of you're not necessarily your father, every single one was Targaryen. It's a flip of a coin. Targaryen mm-hmm. should not be alone, this, that, and the other. Right,
1: right. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And something you just said that actually made me think more about that young Griff situation is the idea that if I mean it's that we're sold on and it's been basically confirmed that uh, R plus L equals J, the idea that um, well I say air quote confirmed, uh, but if John is maybe maybe John is a uh, you know a, a Targaryen in the books and this young Griff fella is, is Sir Matt like a Blackfire or uh, Quaithe kind of you know what is, I think it's Quaithe warns Danny to watch out for like the Mummers Dragon. You know, or right. this false dragon that 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 may show up, and that could be young Griff. So, so yeah, there, there's that. But yeah, you, Alice, you bring up a really good point about um, the the danger of, of Targaryens being alone or like alone, uh, a lone dragon. It's kind of the opposite of what you have with the wolf pack, right? The lone wolf will mm-hmm. die, but the pack survives. Uh, you know, you want more Targaryens in the world, but like I don't know that the, the lone dragon dies. It seems to just go mad and go crazy and rages and Destroys King's Landing, <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah.
3: Huh. Yep. Okay.
1: Interesting. Uh, a couple more characters I want to talk about. So, I, I found interesting, um, Sir Laura, the idea that, uh, you know, Varys is ending, and then and then Tyrion, uh, the, the way I mean, he's in chains by the end of this, and people have made a lot of comments about how it seems like he's become either less intelligent, less smart, or caught up in family loyalties or or something uh, what are your thoughts on, on his arc or, or how that's shaped out here at the end
2: uh, it's hard to say I, I actually kind of went into this season thinking that Tyrion was not going to come out of it alive I, I was pretty convinced of it to be honest yeah. so I, I'm just sort of happy to see that he lived I really like the character overall um, and I, I think that he's Contributed a lot over the course of these, you know, eight seasons. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on him. I think kind of once we figured out at the end, and he started talking, he went through his whole speech about how Bran has the best story. Mm -hmm. I I kind of assumed like, okay, this character actually is going to live. I was just kind of waiting for some. I was kind of hoping somebody would kill off Grey Worm um so we didn't just sit and and watch watch him rage in the background um the entire time but yeah i I don't know i i'm glad that he made it out alive and i really didn't make it too far past that because i was just so convinced he was a goner this season Mm
1: -hmm. yeah okay yeah i i think a lot of people their thoughts were and if you look in the books too he's this really smart intelligent uh character that's his whole thing he reads books he knows a lot about the lore and then when he gets in this position with Danny, it's like over time that starts to, I don't know, erode or he makes more mistakes or, or what have you. And, and his superpower, if you will, uh, it start, starts to kind of fail him in the show and is, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it kind of sh- it took people. It was a curveball for people. And I kind of think, Sir Matt, that it's coming in the books. Actually, I think it'll be something that he's either overconfident or hasn't been playing the game of thrones at this you know international level I guess over in essos and westeros as he's working with Danny uh, and moving back across into um westeros so that'll be interesting to see how that how that all kind of plays out so
0: i kind of like tyrion's ending i thought in the way in you could almost argue that he plays he his final stro- uh stroke of genius there is that he plays the game better than anyone else. He's imprisoned, he's put on trial, mm-hmm. he's possibly about to be executed, and somehow instead, he creates an entire new form of government and promotes him, and gets himself promoted all the way to hand of the king. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> while, yeah. he's, while he's on
1: trial,: uh, right. so, Yeah yeah, mean, yeah. We're, we're right there at the end, that's true. I mean I, like, like, that's the comeback. but do you think we'll see a demise that puts him in chains like that? In the books. Oh, sir, I do. I do, I do. Okay. yeah. Okay.
3: Oh, I don't think so because I think his emphasis on um, knowledge and making sure that you understand the history of things mm-hmm. because he grew up just doing all the reading, I think even though he does make decisions that aren't necessarily – positive (laughs) sometimes or makes judgments maybe he felt like he had to find you know clearly he felt like he had to find someone to rule and from where he was at the time he thought danny was that person heads down but he's always been really up on you know his readings and the history of westeros and all of that so you know And him saying, hey, Bran, I know you know the history. That's kind of a tie-in to his knowledge. He knows that knowing the history is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And he knows Bran knows the history. And that also helps Sansa, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she says that the North has ruled itself for thousands of years independently. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge part of being successful to, you know, peace in the realm or whatever. Yeah. I think I think it's the book learn learnedness. Is that a word? Yeah, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. Now it is. Um, I, I think that is his asset of knowing and reading. And we see the people who do do the studying or who do study a whole lot are the ones who do end up successful, right? So, like, Sam, in the end, becomes the Grand Meister of King's Landing, right? And he was the one who suggested, hey, we need the people to decide. And that's where Tyrion was going, selecting Bran, because Bran Mm -hmm. allegedly can't father children. Um, So Mm -hmm. Tyrion ended up in the right space, but he's also kind of in a purgatory because he didn't want to be hand, and Bran's like, well, screw you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things, like... um, I wrote that it's kind of like Willy Wonka when Charlie's like, uh, it's okay. I don't need the life changing money of the everlasting gobstopper. And then Willy Wonka's like, you won. Congratulations. You get everything. Um, It kind of, it kind of reminded me of that in a weird way. Um, But I, I, yeah, I'm totally down with Tyrion. And again, it's just because he's taken the time to learn the history and that, in general, like in every world, I feel like you have to learn from the history. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I will say I think one thing that we're gonna see maybe in the books if we see any shortcomings or, or failures or what have you with between him and Danny and Danny sees any of his shortcomings if that does uh, play out in the books I think it will be because as you as you say, Lady Alice, he's someone who's read the books and he's done a lot of studying, but then in in practicality or in, in, in real life, when he meets the the Dragon Queen. I think it's actually he doesn't know how to handle her you know she she doesn't see his mm-hmm. wisdom and she doesn't take his counsel and kind of wants to do things her own way a little bit and it's to him it's like well why would you do it that way why why are you you know killing the R- randall tarley and, and and whoever i mean it's just he's starting to see bits of that air quote mad queen come out and she's not really mm-hmm. adhering to his counsel so that might be really the, a better way to look at it when, it when this all comes out in the book. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. All right. So we, I think we've covered a lot of that. we covered <laughs> most of the major characters. I'm trying to think if we left anybody. I mean, Pod. John. John. Oh, my. John.
3: <laughs> we left out John, man. Oh,
1: we got to talk about John. Okay. Well, this you is know where what? my good
3: theory comes into play. Hold on, Lady
1: Alice. Do we have to talk about John? Because nothing happened. I mean, he
3: just. Okay.
1: Nothing happens. <laughs>
3: okay i I know questions about what happened
1: yeah nothing okay can i
3: just can i can i tell you my rundown of john 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 just looks real sad okay Uh he's defeated he's fucking defeated and part of me was like well is it just because he killed daenerys a but then i started getting and i listened to a lot of murder podcasts and stuff and i'm like yo how did everyone know you killed her? If you would have just like swept up the blood a little bit, you could have just told people that like she went off on her dragon and magically didn't come back, right? No.
2: Cause his dumb ass can't keep a secret. He could
3: not like, <laughs> I know. He resist
2: the like the chance to have to tell everybody that he is Aegon Targaryen. I mean, like he that that character <laughs> just drives me
3: nuts. But no, yeah. there is he just, you know, he couldn't he could not tell them. That. He's a man of his word. Yeah, I know, but he looked just so sad and defeated. And I, there was um, there was a line when he was when Tyrion was talking to him, like, "Hey, you're gonna go to the Night's Watch," and he's just like, "Are you sure that we did the right thing?" You know, and Tyrion says, "Well, I'll know in ten years." Ha ha ha. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say ha right. ha ha. I think it's kind of sad that
2: like. Um, Kit Harrington was like disappointed in his character's ending. He like did an interview and like said that to somebody and I was like, Oh God Like before the episode came out and I don't I don't think he's wrong. Like I think it's sad after all the work that he put into this show that he left it depressed. That's too bad.
3: Yeah. Well, so so the way I took it, so he's like so downtrodden and shit, just his eyes are just like burr you know, just so miserable and bummed out but a huge when you take into uh, when you when you consider that the big things we've heard about the targaryens there's a lot there's a lot of the same type stuff right it's you flip a coin they're good or bad Mm -hmm. they had the focus of breaking the wheel or breaking the wheel together or something like that um and you know when i when i think of that the wheel's just like the thing that happens something happens over and over and over right this is john's second life over and over he's ending up back at the watch he can't break the wheel is it because he's a targaryen oh, okay and this is like his kind of his destiny and it's just showing targaryens can't break the wheel danny like would not have really been able to make a difference because that's just how things are Um, that was, that was, it's sad, but that was my thought towards it is a Targaryen cannot break the wheel that was started by the Targaryens. So that's why he's stuck in his rotation of being in the Night's Watch.
1: Mm, That's sad. That's actually really sad. I, 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 I was just sad for him overall. I mean, I, I, I really hope, I don't know. It just, it, that he, he doesn't know his mother. He's, he's grown up a, a, a bastard his whole life. Uh, you know, even though he has, he, he finds love beyond the law, becomes Lord Commander. He's betrayed by the Night's Watch there. Well, or does he betray the Night's Watch? Let's be honest. All right. In the Let's be honest. Yeah, does he, Sir Matt? I think he might betray the Night's Watch there uh, and forsake his vows. But yeah, it's just kind of a sad. I, I'm really hoping there's some other, other layer or that they've merged his character in another character and it doesn't quite go that way. Because he doesn't have the epic showdown we thought he was going to with the night King, and this bit with Danny was there was some there was some cool that was that was neat i mean I guess if he's he truly loves her and we talked about him him maybe being a killing nisa nisa and and that whole piece so that it's subtle and that's how how ger does things so um that's neat, but then afterwards he's just I don't know, he's just depressed, he's locked away, and I wanted to see him fight Grey Worm. i I was getting sick and tired of Grey Worm. Anybody else there for a while?
2: Yep. Same.
1: Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm like, come yeah. on.
2: I was like screaming at my TV like someone needs to kill that guy. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was your your queen is dead, okay? So you
3: can go to Nath and find Masente's sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey you. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why is that ew? Oh, I just said, hey, oh, I thought you said, "Ew." I was like, what's wrong with that? They're not related. Oh,
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> nah.
0: Uh, that's OK. Cool. I mean, here's here's what I don't understand. OK, and I, you know, I said I said this uh, is, you know, Masande is totally willing to date Grey Worm when he's had a piece chopped off of him, but he's not willing to reciprocate. <laughs> I mean, come on now.
1: OK, <laughs> I know. Sheesh. It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, just because she lost her head. I don't I don't get yeah. it, why is it over? It's not like it's not like he was a whole person either. That's That is terrible, Sir Matt. That's terrible. Um
3: shame. Wow. We are gonna, shame. Shame. Right. Shame. Somebody somebody banish Done. him to the
1: wall, please. Oh my
3: gosh.
1: Uh, yeah, I was I was really uh, hoping there at the end that some like I mean I wanted to see John take take him on, you know, or or, or fight him just uh, or even stand up for himself and and things but just nothing or or are He was just come. a
3: defeated like lifeless being marching along at the end and I'm just like okay so at his most kind of epic moment he was bringing the wildlings into mm-hmm. the wall yeah. you know and then at his most defeated type moment he was walking bringing them away from the wall so I, it's like it's like, yeah, it, it's a good juxtaposition, but why? Yeah.
2: Can we talk about exactly what was going on there at the end? Because John gets banished to Castle Black, but then at the end, he's leaving Castle Black. So, where are they going? Are are the are John and the Wildlings like leaving forever? Like they have a bunch of stuff with them, but like mm-hmm. John didn't pack any stuff, so. I was just—I was so confused. Like, are they just taking Ghost for a walk? Like, what's happening at the end of this episode? Mm-hmm.
0: S- uh, Sir Matt, uh, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's returning to the the true north, the wild, which is what he'd always wanted to do. I mean, from his his first chapter, he wants to become a ranger because he wants to go live his own life and and explore because he's not a Stark, right? And he yeah. knows he knows he has no place in in Winterfell, and so his. His place, being John Snow, is in the North, in, mm-hmm. in, in the true, true yeah. North. And so um, he's, you know, he's always had kind of good relationships with, with the Wildlings. And so I thought it was kind of cool, actually. I, I actually actually kind of liked his, liked his end. And again, it. I think, real quick, one last, in the books, his relationship with the North is way, with the Wildlings, I think is going to be a much bigger deal than it was in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show he, d- he goes to hard home Which is not something that happens in the books To save all of those people So th- the wildlings in a way Kind of are his, his people Those are the people he's had That he's dealt with in terms of If you want to talk about him you know, He was king of the north mm-hmm. um, But it was really the wildlings It was really his wildling army That, that he took And he, he's, he's the one that shows them mercy When they come to Castle Black He's the one who has to kind of stand up for them and and their and their rights because even even in the books, you know, he has to deal with Stanis and Melisandre and them, and he gets killed over it. I mean he gets he gets killed over letting the wildlings wildlings through. Right. So right,
3: yeah. But in the context of the show, where I take issue and where I think there's kind of the conflict there is that when he leaves Castle Black, he's like. I'm not Jon Snow anymore, I'm not that person, I'm a new person, I'm a new life, like, mm. this is why I should not be here, and I need to go elsewhere. Mm. Like, has this new resurrected person. So, it was, once upon a time, his his thing to go there and want to be there and want to do that, but when he started, essentially, life number two, he's like, nope, not for me, like, I'm not dealing with it, I've got other shit to handle, you know, I'm Going back towards Winterfell.
0: Yeah. Right. But he takes, but he takes the wildling army with him.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But as far as, as far as the whole notion of being a ranger and being, you know, part of the watch right. and like going out and fulfilling whatever that duty is, he, that is not in his mind anymore. And that's not kind of, yeah. that's not his motivation. That's not Yo. his goal.
1: Lady Alice, it actually, so in the end, it is a little confusing because I kind of thought, okay, he's being sent to the wall, you know, like that's, that's his, uh, that's it's it's why Grey Worm was appeased or whatever. But then he gets there, and it's like, first of all, we're, we're amazed that the Night's Watch is even still there. <laughs> I mean, we're amazed that, like, what are you guarding? There's a huge hole in the wall. Uh, are there even others? You know, all the wildlings are supposedly south of the wall. What is it that you're, why are you in the wall? But, uh, and then when he gets there, it seems like he's we don't know if he's leaving is he just leading them back to safety is he going to go north of the wall and as you say abandon the night the night's watch and and forsake that life and just and have a new you know start anew i mean kind of do a raider and and just sort of um i don't know he's he's not a crow anymore he's not a he he'll shake off his his black cloak i i hope so but as as um sir laura mentioned it's kind of it's, it's left open to like we don't know we like with with the whole drogon thing we have to use our imagination and kind of uh-huh. figure that out and that's what's that's what's tough is, is you're like i want more i want to know i want to know what what he's doing okay. there so
3: yeah especially because some of the ways they shot it you know the whole time he's just totally defeated and pretty much dead behind the eyes uh-huh. but the The pieces they do shoot where he's at Castle Black and people looking at him, there's one particular part where he's standing on one of the platforms and he is dressed and standing where he did when he was the commander. Um, And they didn't say that he's the commander of the Night's Watch again or anything like that. But to me, I kind of felt like they were trying to allude to him being the commander of the Night's Watch again. Again, mm-hmm. assuming the night's watch still exists, which to me is a whole very ambiguous thing. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it, it 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 was yeah, a little confusing. Yeah, and
2: Well, yeah, and then he bails. I mean, for this character that spent seven seasons being a man of his word and being so committed to that, I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just, like, going to leave Castle Black now and not uh, come back? Like, you were banished there. I thought you were a man of your word and you were committed, and now he's just like, nah, screw it. I'm going to go hang out with the wildlings up north.
1: Yeah, and see, we just don't know. I mean, that that's the piece that I think maybe the, showrunner, the, the showrunners don't really know yeah, w- what to do there at the end. Like, is he Lord Commander? Does he want to go back is it he's I mean we seems like he's sentenced there and then does he leave on his own why did Tormund and the rest of the wildlings hold up hold up there did what did they wait for him or something was there something like like he said he'd see them after the war I th- there's so many little details like that that have us all questioning and, and wanting to know more and we're gonna have to wait decades to find out in the books you know <laughs> so yeah. I don't know I don't know it's wild so Wow. Okay. Uh Sir Matt, have we have we left I mean we didn't mention Pod, but you know Pod's he's he's Podrick's epic and that's all there is to say about him. Mm-hmm. He's one of one Uh
3: what of, about Sir Braun of the Blackwater uh, my... and Lord of Highgarden? Lady Alice. Right? Who Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, what about it? What about him? That's that I mean
3: <laughs> What a baller, right?
1: <laughs> is is there is there anything to say about him? What's what's up with that? I mean, he's
3: I think he got the most perfect ending, and to me, the fact that he's the um, Minister of Coin, I forget what they call yeah. it, whatever the word is, um, that's fucking hilarious, and I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it is kind of wild, that whole, uh, just, it, it's kind of neat to see that he and Tyrion, that relationship paid off and, and everything, and, and he knew to kind of, to go negotiate with them, and after Cersei gives him the crossbow and stuff, so... That's that's a cool he's 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 a cool character. I I, I'm still hoping things turn out different for my boy Beric Dondarrion uh, and Barristan Selmy in the the books, you know. Yes. But uh, yeah, I got a couple characters I'm really rooting hard for. I know Sir Matt's rooting for for Stannis to still be in, uh, uh, you know, up to the very end. He's the true king of uh, of, of Westeros. Uh, Damn, damn straight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Um, Gosh, I don't know. Do, Do we miss anybody? Did I, did I miss any other characters we want to talk about?
2: We didn't Let's see. We didn't talk much about Arya, though I don't know if I have much to say. Yeah,
1: well, cuz la- Who are all
2: those people Who are all those people with her that are on that? Are uh-huh. they just other explorers? Are they just people who are just down to clown?
1: I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, cuz cause, cause to travel west, w- we've read in the in the books and some of the and um, some of the histories, it's not something that a lot of Westerosi or or other uh captains sailors what, what have you want to kind of it's 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 not a safe uh voyage you know it's not something that people typically do and i i think we, it's it's been hinted at we kind of know that it, it'll be a shy that she'll end up in in kind of uh Melisandre world be over there with the shadow binders and stuff and it's this uh far east to us on the map but it'll be west of westeros you know uh, come full circle but i don't know yeah i don't know did she did she get a crew did know. she get some gold i don't know
0: sir ezra that would imply that westeros in, in oh the world is a sphere and not flat oh my so, yes i'm a westeros uh, flat earther yeah just okay. gonna go ahead and say that right now that,
3: that, that was my thought i was like well what if she just falls off of it <laughs> it's mm. possible <laughs> oh, totally possible and you know another thing i wanted to see and this is like a little off the uh I guess a little bit off topic, but one thing I kind of wanted to see, I wanted it to be a little more epic with Daenerys and the dragon and shit, mm-hmm. um, and the finale, but the, uh, the horn that the people at the iron islands have, I don't remember what it was oh, called, yeah. dragon binder. but it was yeah. something that was, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see, I was hoping to kind of see that come into play somehow to kind of help. Right. Tame everything instead of just a really long winded chat that ended in a stabbing. hmm. You
1: know? Yeah. Um, right, yeah. But... Yeah, the horns yeah. don't play... Don't don't really play into this at all. I mean, we, we talk about uh, Winds of Winter. Sir Matt has uh, the Horn of Winter on it, doesn't it? Isn't that what's... Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a very, very big part of...
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like we've talked about... So the Night King isn't a character that exists in the books. I right. do believe there will be some sort of central figure for the White Walkers.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that the, the wall is going to come down via a dragon Mm -hmm. in, in, in the books. I think it's going to be totally different. I think it's going to be the the horn of winter. And I mean, so, I mean, even that, if that goes that way, then you're talking the books and the show are totally different. I mean, totally different characters.
1: Yep. Yep, it, that, that's true. I mean, I've even thought like... Uh, or,
0: you know, something, what yeah. if uh, so if Dragonbinder can control the... Let's say Dragonbinder can control dragons. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> if the Horn of Winter isn't something that can control the wall or knock the wall down, but it's something that can control winter?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so then that is right. how... So, like, let's say it's, you know, Victorian Greyjoy or Euron or whoever the, or possibly, mm-hmm. you know, Mance Raider talks about wanting to get it or... Um, whoever uh, ends up ultimately having that horn and doing something—I mean, it's entirely possible that l- that it could be Euron as the as the leader of the White Walkers. Uh,
1: actually, uh, that's a, that's a legit thing. People out there are kind of talking about him being mm-hmm. uh, the leader or being the one that Arya when right up, having to take out, and he somehow controls them or whatever. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a really good point because I've seen. Theories and, and thoughts on that, uh, just because of his relationship with the three eyed crow uh, as well and, and stuff, all the symbolism that tie him 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 to to that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You're on is another one that I wanted to have a really nasty ending. I did not think his was bad <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, that
1: was. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that whole bit with lackluster. Yeah. It was, and it's like you keep rooting for someone like Jamie, too, just to become an epic sword, uh, sword fighter with his left hand. But George is a real... He, it's, there's elements of, of high fantasy in his stories, but at the same time, he's... Like, like he'll, you'll start to think that way, and then really, no, this is... In, in real life, you can't learn how to be a master swordsman overnight and, and things like that. He, he always brings us back down to, down to Earth a little bit. So, yeah, that, that, I, I was hoping that fight scene would go a lot differently and be a lot more epic, but it is what it is. So,
3: hey, he's still- Or that he would have been captured or some shit. You right. know, again, I keep thinking back to all the, like, crap that Theon had to go through and deal with, and I'm like, okay, if Theon had all this horrible shit happen, mm-hmm. then these people who are so much worse need to have it worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's just the... That's his writing style, is, is he leaves you kind of unsatisfied uh, on, on some of these, on these you know, story... Uh, threads here, so it is. And I, I I say that, and he hasn't finished the series. You know what I mean. So I don't actually Ram. don't actually know. Uh, we've seen a few major deaths and things, uh, just in the Red Wedding, and you know Ned Stark, Eddard Stark, and and stuff like that. But yeah. wow, yeah.
3: Which you know, the Red Wedding is something that I thought was so much better in writing than than how it was depicted in a TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't. I maybe it was just me, and I know a lot of times books can be like or a lot of times people consider books to be better than the movies for the most part. But the red wedding reading it was such a different experience than watching it. And maybe it's because I didn't know what was happening. Um, but it, it it was just written so much more epically. So that's why I'm really curious to see if homeboy finishes the books. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the big question here is, you know, maybe we were a little underwhelmed by the whole King's Landing battle, if you would call yeah, it that. Massacre, um, yeah, Yep, yep. King's Landing something or other. Mm-hmm. But in the book form, how would that end up? Like, it, it yeah. could be so much more, like, emotions invoking, yeah.
1: I guess. Well, I think Sir Matt's often said this, it's point of view, right, Sir Matt? It depends on who's telling the story. Exactly. Or who he's telling that's it story.
0: that's what yeah. I've talked about uh, you know, a lot on this show is even just, even just assuming that we assume, I think it's safe to assume that the story will go the same way. Mm-hmm. Let's just, for sake of argument, say that. You look at certain scenes and you say, who's, whose eyes do you tell that through? And I think that's mm-hmm. that's I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons uh, you know, Gurr has not finished the books, but I think to me, the hardest part would be, let's say that it's going to go the same way. So he has the outline. He knows I need to get this character here, but it's not mm-hmm. just how do I get this character here? But who tells the story? Because if you look at the dragon pit scene and I, I, yeah. I've said this a lot, who's telling that story? Cause if you choose Cersei, it's an entirely different perspective than if you choose John or the Hound, or Tyrion.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think Tyrion yeah. is. I think Tyrion would be the best choice because he's in the middle of it. He's he still has ties with with, with Cersei, and then at that same point, ties with Daenerys. Assuming that Tyrion's even going to be in that position when that time comes around. The scene. Even the Hound would be exactly. pretty cool. Yeah. The, yeah. the yeah. scene where the scene where John and Danny are talking in in Winterfell um and she's talking about how she doesn't want John to tell anyone of his parentage if John tells that scene it's t- totally different than if Danny tells it so mm-hmm.
1: who do you choose right right yeah that's that's going to be the, that's that's the storytelling bit that we're kind of talking about is that like a lot of this is is the the delivery and the way it's it's come across in in show format is just going to be so different from the books um and they they had, they, they don't know. I don't know that he's giving them point of view. I, like, when the Night King is killed, I'm not sure that he said whose eyes it's through. Is is it through Bran's eyes? It seems like mm-hmm. it would be through Bran if we look at what the show. You know, He sees uh, Theon run, do his thing, he, Night King approaches, and then out of the corner of his eye, you see over his shoulder, Arya off of a trampoline mm-hmm. coming in for the kill.
3: I mean, right. what if we even saw it through the Night King's point of view?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he has started to kind of introduce, uh, uh, you know, different povs uh yeah in the books in the books i mean
3: well
0: right so in it's in a there's really one chapter or two chapters i should say one event comes to mind because there's not a lot that where you have the same scene told to you two different ways but there is the scene in a feast for crows and a dance with dragons it's a sam chapter in a feast for crows and a john chapter Mm -hmm. in dance with dragons because they're like parallel times and you get You get it from John's point of view and Sam's point of view. And it's when John is sending Sam to the Citadel Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and they're entirely different because John kind of feels bad about it because he doesn't want to lose Sam, but he's, he's like, I have to be Lord commander. Now I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you get, you get both of their perspectives on that, on that scene. And it's just really cool. And then, then again, it just ties into that, that idea of perspective because we've even, even characters, who may not necessarily have a point of view about a certain event? You look at Arya talking to Ned Dane. Well, in Arya's mind, um, you know, she hears says, she's talking she, the idea of Ned Stark, right? And and fathering fathering a bastard and mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. They were, they were John and they were milk brothers, and she's like, "What? I can't believe." She has, that wouldn't has be a possible time. in in her mind, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She has a hard time believing it.
1: Right, but but from his perspective, that's the story he's grown up hearing. Is that, uh, uh, yeah, that, that John, yeah, that they that they were milk brothers. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, good point. I mean, so so that'll be interesting. We'll see how that all kind of kind of plays out. Give it a decade, as I said before. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll figure it out.
3: Just like just like Tyrion said, give me ten years, and I'll tell you if we were uh, right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I wow. Actually, I wonder if that's that's kind of a
1: kind of a. Uh, inside joke there uh, i hope not but it- i mean i would
0: i would not i i would not put it past hbo to bring back these characters to do something 10 years from now mm-hmm. uh, i mean look at look at star wars you, i mean even hbo has done it themselves what they're doing right now getting ready to do it with deadwood
2: mm-hmm. which is
0: their own mm-hmm. with, with their own show uh isn't there a uh was it? i believe a trailer was dropped today for uh Patrick Stewart returning as the Picard as John Luke Picard. Star Trek. He's, getting, his own, he's getting. Oh, he's getting shit. Yeah. There's a little teaser today. It was announced, but they just released. It's, it's nothing special. He's just kind of walking through a field of, of wine, but then it just flashes the star Trek or grapes. And, uh, and so he's like, he's like an old retired person. It looks sweet. That looks pretty, sick. It's pretty That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's really awesome. But, but, Walking
3: um, through a field of wine is perfectly fine yeah, well, it's, it's Laura it's and I do and, it all the time. It's, it's, it's grapes. And
0: so he must, he must have a winery, um, uh, cause he's, he's old and retired, but he's, he must be coming out, you know, coming back to Starfleet. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, I mean, it's, we always think, oh, they'll never
1: touch this again. And then, and then they do. So, yeah.
3: Okay. Totally.
1: Wow! Um, all right, uh, S- Sir Laura. Any 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 last thoughts here as we as we kind of wrap up? I mean, are you are you overall satisfied, or you know what's just just overall? If you could put it into a couple words, feelings on on the series as a whole, I guess.
2: Over the whole series, or just on the season? on just season the
1: season. A? Well, okay. I, I was going. For, yeah, either one. Overall, let's, let's go with the season. I guess.
2: Overall, I was overall I was satisfied with how season eight went I um I like for the most part how how everything ended I kind of like how it all tied it up um I don't know I think I have I've got a little bit of good fortune in not having read the books and gone in with any expectations um I have a feeling that maybe some of the people who did maybe came out of it a little bit more disappointed than those of us who haven't but maybe I'm wrong I I, I truly am not sure um but I, I was overall I was pretty happy with it I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm in the minority according if I look at Twitter it looks like I'm in the minority of uh <laughs> yeah, of people who actually enjoyed the season overall, but oh yeah. well.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Uh Lady Alice, just uh, you know, thoughts uh on the whole season to wrap up here. How do you feel?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I feel good about it. I feel like we have everything wrapped up. Is it Did it invoke the emotions I was kind of hoping for, like I got from other seasons? Not quite. Um, But I'm excited to see what happens in the books. And I I really am glad. I feel like every character pretty much was wrapped up. So that's always a positive.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, all right, friends. We would like, first of all, to thank uh, these two lovely ladies for coming on. And uh, just kind of, you know, instead of roasting, we're toasting, as we say. Uh, we, we didn't get toast in there as much as we wanted to this episode. We were trying to, uh, sir Matt, I left that up to you, and I don't, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just trying to, I was trying to be courteous. You I, know? I, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, so we want to send you guys their way, actually. So uh, they run a cool podcast called uh, Force Toast uh, Pod. Uh, that's actually the handle. So at Force Toast Pod, uh, you can check them out there. So uh, Alice and Laura. And uh, is there any? I mean, you, where where can we find your podcast? Is it on Alice? Is it everywhere? Where's where it at? I mean,
3: it is everywhere. Um, and just just to clarify, toast is not bread. It is forced toast. A Star Wars happy hour. It's not like the Rocky Horror Picture show um, where you throw toast at the screen. We get that a lot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. We're on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, pretty much everything. Um, And if you don't see us where you want to see us, just send us a DM on Twitter at ForceToastPod. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Force Toast Pod, and uh, email is forced toast pod at gmail.com
1: Well, wow. yeah. In the future, uh, phrasing there, be careful, Alice. You almost opened a whole door. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Just hey, it just we we don't open doors here. We hold them. We hold the doors. That's right. Well, <laughs>
3: Yes,
1: hold the door. <laughs> hold the door, please. Yes. Uh, so, all right, cool beans. Well, um, Sir Matt, you want to tell everybody we also have another uh spec. We we announced this. What was this last last episode? I think we were talking about our projects. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, Sir Ezra and I are starting a
0: a new uh, Star Wars project. It is called Hyperspace Hangout. It is essentially going to run the. In- the way all of our follow-up friday episodes have run here on bend the knee except we're talking star wars so the whole show is going to be like that because people keep telling us their favorite part of this podcast is follow-up friday so he said that's how we should do another one so yeah send us your transmissions to uh, hyperspace hangout at gmail.com and, and we and we'll uh have a new episode with that relatively soon
1: and uh yeah. Well, actually, I think we're going to try to get one out. Uh, Hopefully, if this is coming out for you guys on Friday, we'll try to get something quick just for the Rise of Skywalker. And um, Mm -hmm. we would love at some point to talk to the uh, ladies from Force Toast uh, podcast because they are very knowledgeable. And they are actually, in case anyone wanted to know, uh, Alice, you guys are self-proclaimed... No, what what are you guys? You guys are the... Oh the trivia winners of what uh, Yeah, the
3: Star Wars trivia champions of Chicago. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. We will we'll go with that
1: one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, and actually when we were at celebration I think Laura had a chance to get on the kind of the the Schmodown, right? And she faced off against several other uh, trivia competitors. So
3: Yeah, Laura fucking killed it. Yeah. She only missed one question. Yeah. And that otherwise completely perfect yeah. she was the best great cheered her on like well yeah that's
1: awesome that's that's cool so all right so hopefully you'll hear more of of these girls well, i wasn't
2: and- the best but i i was happy oh. with how it went
1: <laughs> no you were great you were you were great i mean actually are you is that gonna happen are they gonna bring you guys back on is there another uh are you invited back to the showdown like what's what's up is there anything happening there that we know of?
2: there there is talk of an another thing happening at some point soon. I don't know how much I can say, so I'm not going to say anything at oh all. My gosh. Um, but there there have there have been hints of something else to come in the future. So stay tuned.
1: Oh my gosh, Laura, how do? Oh, yeah. Oh my, you you are the best. I I am so jelly. It's so great. <laughs> um, all right, friends. Wait. Well, hey, uh, thanks again for for listening. Uh, Sir Matt, I think it's time for us to kind of kind of say farewell here, friend. Okay. All right.
0: We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we'll be discussing your Ravens on Season 8.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually I wanted to mention, too, so this is kind of a... We, we did divert a little bit away from the the original show. We've got this collaboration and another collaboration that, that we wanted to kind of get out there at the end, and so we will be getting back to your Ravens. Uh, Sir Matt's going on vacation, so we had to kind of Change things up here with the, with the recording a little bit. But um, yeah, uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, uh, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
0: We will see you in a week, and remember that our reread is coming.